Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 104 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Lefty. And I'm joined here by my infamous co-host, former market maker, 20 years and current day retail trader, the Vancouver heartthrob and third Butabi brother. <laughs> he taught you how to think like a villain. JJ, how's it going? <laughs> Good, brother. What's up? I was thinking about you. I saw that clip from The Sopranos when when uh, Polly and Maltesanti get lost in the woods. Because <laughs> my girlfriend made me go hiking this weekend. And I felt like those guys, you know, so I was thinking about you when you were canoeing with the alligators and I was just laughing like we got no business being here, but I'm excited to be here and we have a good special guest with us today. We have we have a yes, we have a great guest. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to film an episode, JJ, uh, you know, modern day Sopranos, but uh, South Florida. Exactly. In the in the woods. In the woods. <laughs> Nature, yeah. Uh, so, so our guest, our guest today She's an investor, trader, coach for financial independence, and published author. She's a graduate of Columbia University. She's been featured on NBC, Huffington Post, Business Insider, New York Post, and many others. I am talking about the lovely Leah Holmgren. Leah, how's it going? Hi, guys. Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, a great day. <laughs> great day. Okay. Love to hear it. Great day. Great day. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. What's uh, what's what's making today a great day? Just a good day trading. I mean, that's that's all, all, all we need sometimes as traders, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that'll, that'll definitely uh, make, you know, give the day a boost. That's for sure. Uh, Leah, before before you were a trader, um. You were working as a intimacy and relationship coach. Um, so before we jump into talking um, about trading, I feel like that's probably was an interesting profession. You care to tell us a little bit about it? Of course, yeah. So I worked as an intimacy relationship coach, coach and marriage counselor for almost ten years. And um, you know, in my undergrad, I went to pre med. I studied biopsychology, and I really wanted to become a psychiatrist because I always really cared about human psychology. It fascinates me, and I wanted to become a doctor of psychiatry. But then somehow I decided to not do the path of six, seven more years, and went to Columbia for masters in negotiation and conflict resolution, which was highly applicable in business. We studied a lot of about game theory and. Uh, you know, so I decided to use use all this research that I read through and all what I learned in relationships and help people resolve conflicts. I helped thousands of people in the past, like to do in-person se- webinar seminars for people, you know, group coaching. And, uh, and sadly, COVID hit. And um, yeah, my practice got closed because I wasn't an MD. So it was really hard for me to stay open. And I just don't like to work with people as much um, in this kind of topics uh, online, you know, it's very intimate, it's private and and people, I just like to feel the energy of people. So it was really difficult. And I had a lot of time on my hands. So I wrote a book and I had a lot of money invested in the markets. I was a passive investor. I was, I've been investing for 10 years into the markets now and over almost 18 years into real estate and other stuff. But um yeah, so I said, you know what? The volatility is fascinating and I would love to learn how the markets work. Because, like, you know, I, I, as I said, I would just invest in, in like SPY and, and Vanguard uh, ETFs and stuff like that. I would just have my money there and 
didn't really do much. I don't think I ever sold a stock or ETF before 2020. I was just buying them and holding. <laughs> so I said, you know, let me learn. So yeah. that, that's the journey. And it's been now three years exactly, actually. End of March, I started. And um, it, it's been a fascinating journey. And I realized how much of the stuff I learned from human psychology and game theory and all that stuff uh, and, and and you can apply in the markets. And that's why I really love to focus on that when I coach people. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought, um, you know, when I was like prepping for this podcast, the, like the psychology part of it probably being a draw for you, like in the markets. Um, remember for myself, I've always been fascinated with psychology, obviously playing poker. That's a huge, huge, uh, part of it. Game theory as well. So you kind of had like these skills that sound like that would be very applicable to trading, uh, did so when you first uh, started trading, like what were some of the resources uh, you went to when you started becoming an active trader? So first I started learning with Investopedia, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. I tried the like paper trading platform, which was not the best, but they have amazing source of information. Then I actually discovered Benzinga and I would go on Benzinga and start learning more from the retail trading. And then I discovered other guys and then somehow... I discovered Twitter, which I was on Twitter as a coach, but I never used it. And then I was just, uh, yeah, making my way and learning and, you know, took uh, joined a couple of Discord groups back then that I was learning with. And um, yeah, that was my, my, my journey. And then just reading a lot of books I have here in my office, a ton of books. I'm just constantly reading about options. I, I mainly trade options and stocks. I don't trade futures yet. So yeah, that was my journey. And okay. um, now I'm profitable consistently. I live off of my trading profits and passive income. So that's that's my life story, pretty much. Life story, excellent. What uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned, you got you uh, read a bunch of books. Uh, do you have any like um, favorite, like one or two that you want to give to the listeners? Uh, trading books. Yes, over? I can. I can even show them. I have the yeah. options and volatility here that I really love. Actually, I even took, believe it or not, but I even took the CMT Association book, which was really oh, good. Nice. I didn't do the test because it was just two more um, semesters to go. But I think this basic one was excellent for learning. Just if you don't even want to do the association and, and have the certification. Then I love option volatility and the M pricing. And I, I like psychology of money, um, reminiscence of stock operator, which is filled with stories, but it's actually interesting that the psychology that he was talking about back in the days, imagine like this been like late 19, uh, late 19, early 20th century, right? So this time ago already, he was talking about the concepts that we are talking about still and, and human psychology just doesn't change. It's been like that since the rice stick trading in Japan, like nine, what was it? 18th century or something like that. So yeah, we are always the same. We're going to always behave the same. We have patterns and it's really hard to get rid of those patterns. And as a trader, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. That's the fascinating part to me. And JJ, I, I swear we, we've talked about this so much with different, <laughs> with different guests, right? The, like the, uh, well, you, uh, you referenced the book and how the psychology doesn't change. Um, yeah, the business hasn't changed. Yeah, you know, the business has business hasn't changed in three hundred years. It's a market, right? The goal of the market is to take a bunch of cheap stuff and sell it at a higher price for as long as you can, right? Until the buyers run out, and then put it on sale and go back down to the cost basis, right? That's uh, that's all we're doing, you know. Either we're selling rugs or fish or 
spices here. We're just selling worthless paper. But, you know, it's 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 all the same thing. And then, yeah, psychology comes into play, um, you know, for people who are retail trading, because unfortunately, retail traders don't have they don't have a support system. They don't have a firm with a risk manager and a compliance officer. They don't have anybody sitting there going, hey, what are you doing? You know, um, which is the case when you work in the business. Uh, People are always watching you because you're not trading your own capital. So they're, uh, you know, they're watching you here when you're a retail trader. It's a lot harder for retail because they don't have that support system. You know, they don't have any checks and balances. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I commend you on, uh, on, on becoming consistently profitable. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, it took me three years. You know, last year was a wacky. The 21, I had a losing year. And 2020, of course, I made like 160% of the money I put into the market because I, I don't even count it as a year, quite frankly, because I started end of March when we had this giant dip. And no matter what I bought would go up. So yeah, I thought like I'm just the smartest person in the room. I was clearly in the wrong room. <laughs> <laughs> and then then I started really learning the hard way in 21. And when we all start going down, like if you remember, like after President's Day 21, February 21, I never forget that when we started losing our stacks and all this speculative stuff went, went down. I mean, it's been going down until now, pretty much now it's yeah. stabilizing and going up this year, but we had almost two years of sell-off on those net names. And yeah, 20, 20, uh, 21, 22, I was profitable, but it was tough, you know, it was back and forth, but we also had bear market. So it was kind of interesting to trade the bear market rallies and shorting. And this year it's been really good. And yeah. yeah. I like it. Last year, you know, a lot of dividend stocks also. I, I rebalanced into energies and dividend stocks last year, which was good. That also helped a lot because, of course, with the interest rates, they were going to raise them. End of 21, I, I was like, okay, let me let me rebalance a little bit. So that was interesting. But um, yeah, I love it. I love the journey. It's amazing. And I really want to help people to to do it on their own, because I think that if people would have a little bit more financial stability and financial independence, we would have much better lives and humanity would be much better, you know? And yeah, so that's, that's kind of my journey now. That's why I do the webinars and all that, what I do, writing a blog and and trying to help uh, people, you know, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. So, so Leah, you were, you were mentioning, um, you know, that time period, what, March, 2020, um yeah. you, know, you say buy you buy anything it's going up um i guess could you first um start with uh you know kind of just describing maybe like the strategies you were um implementing then and maybe how your trading has evolved um up until today in 2020 quite frankly there were not many strategies like i was just starting i was learning like i tried it all I try to just pretty much buy the dips uh, on retests. You know, I was just pretty much buying stocks that were flashy, like Shopify, Peloton, like you name it. And, and it was making a lot of money. Like I even traded GME, quite frankly, from like $4 before it was even a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so so yeah, sure. I was trading a lot of this like Roku and, and, and stocks that would go up absolutely madly, like the art kind of fun. But the thing with me was also, I was taking my profits. I wasn't like, oh, let me buy and let it run. And then, so I was taking my profits and that's like, I made, made the money that year. It was great. Then I started like realizing that less is more. 
which I'm applying until today. For example, when I day trade, I'm only looking at price action and I'm only looking at 10 moving average. Before I would have so many indicators <laughs> on my chart, I would be looking at the RSI. And sure, look, if you are looking like in the evening or once a week, you want to kind of have an overall idea about the markets and about certain stocks is good to look at it. But before I would try, like my very first strategy was a hammer candle and RSI. <laughs> I would be trying to trade off of it. I even coded an algo that was trading off of just that. Wow. With a with a guy friend of mine that we, we were uh, staying together in, in COVID and it would not work. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an algo it's like okay every hammer candle we're gonna go long stop loss below no the the, the results are questionable and that's not how, how markets work i don't want to rely on just indicators like really like the price action and a lot of times people plan their stocks and trades the night before and for me it's really difficult because i sometimes feel it's like a waste of my time because the morning you wake up and it's a completely different story. Mm-hmm. And then when the market opens, and as I said, when I went to New York Stock Exchange, I spoke to the traders there and they have so much information that we do not have. Yep. Like even the order flow, like we have some sort of an order flow. You can see it on the option chain, open interest, and like we see the tape, but it's not even close to what they see. Well, that's because they, they're paid to trade against that order flow and provide liquidity. Yeah. So it's like they're the source, right? That's where they're at the exchange and that's where the orders come in. Yeah. So, yeah, that. Yeah. So I would love yeah. to work there if I could choose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, really, I loved it there. I loved stock, uh, New York Stock Exchange. I'm going to try to go back. And um, yeah, but I mean, we are retail traders. We can trade whatever information we have. We have to make the best out of it and we still can make money. And I'm still happy because like I'm up on my big portfolio 20% on a year which is great. And I trade, like I have three portfolios that I trade um, actively and, you know, it's, it's good. I'm not complaining, mm-hmm. you know. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. because I just have 20 stocks in that portfolio and I sell options all the time around the same companies when I see there is a big day mm-hmm. or bad day, you know. Yeah. So it's again. like, yeah. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely play a tougher game as uh, retail traders. Um, that's for sure. Um, all right, we just got to take a quick second here to shout out good friends of the podcast, Apex Trading and Top Step Funding. Any listener of the podcast that has the skills to pass an evaluation can become a prop trader fully funded by either Apex Trader or Top Step Funding. Our own micro e-futures trading community has many members who are now fully funded. No need to trade with your own money. Keep 90% of the profits to learn more. You can visit our website at microefutures.com. Uh, Leah, um, I believe you said before when we were talking about the psychology, mm-hmm. you said something about we like having to untrain ourselves or maybe untrain certain maybe habits or you know our psychological disposition. Uh, what's something that or some things that you've had to untrain in yourself? Well, I was very impatient. And the 2020 market did not help it because again, like everything was moving really fast and aggressively. And I was used to just like buy shares and make profits immediately. And that's not something you, you can rely on in a normal market. Like sure, you can find runners and breakouts that which I specialize in when I day trade, but you know, patience, that was something I have to really learn. And I still have some struggles, you know, like I still get impatient when I'm in the train. I'm like, ah, 
let me wrap this up, you know, like it's, it's my character. Like you cannot get rid of emotions. It's impossible. We are humans. We're going to have emotions. We can just learn how to manage them and how to not react to them. I think that's more important because people are beating themselves up saying, you know, I'm always so angry. I'm always like this. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be this. It's, it's a negative hypnosis. It's just better to really understand who you are and try to manage the the reaction on this emotion. These emotions are stronger than behavior. So they're going to always lead you until you really learn to not react with FOMO as well. I mean, FOMO probably is reason for so many losses in the markets. I think the most from all of these fears we have and emotions, especially in trading and especially in 2020. I mean, People are just buying stuff that was completely ridiculous from FOMO. So yeah. <laughs> that's an expensive yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, that's a term I didn't, I've never heard of until yeah. I uh, hung out with retail traders. Because mm-hmm. if, if you work in the industry and you tell your boss you got FOMO, um, <laughs> you're fired. Uh, yeah. That's, that's first place is you're fired. And second place is you're probably not going to get another job. Um, ever if you talk like that. So I was completely unaware of these concepts, mm-hmm. revenge trading, FOMO, all that stuff. And it's, uh, it's eye opening to see what, what, um, you know, what retail people uh, go through. Go through. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. interesting. As you said, like, we don't have anyone to stand there. And that's why I like, I, I, I like to be in a group of traders, or I like to, I have some guy friends on Twitter that we literally like, talk. When we find, I find a trade, I share my analysis, I share my ideas and we discuss it and they add their input and we are like, okay, this is makes making sense. It's like accountability coach almost, you know what I mean? And that's what I like to have. And then I had a lot of coaches at the beginning. I still, I don't work with any coaches anymore, but I, I do talk with guys that taught me trading at the beginning three years ago. And we are still like friends. We trade together. And they love to see how I improved and who I became. And I'm very proud of that. You know, it's such a beautiful journey. So I, I recommend everyone who is starting to have someone they trust, a credible resource, someone they can talk to. And, you know, like once my, my coach told me, would you buy this stock at this price? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like, would you be able to tell it to your husband or boyfriend or your friends that you bought it there? Just every time you're going to buy a stock, think about this question. And I love it because it's true. I'm like, what am I doing? Would I be able to share this? What I did, like this degenerate move <laughs> with my friends? No. So then don't buy it. Mm-hmm. That's a great one too. There are so many things we can, we can help ourselves with when we are trading and help to manage our behaviors when we have these emotions around trading. That's, yeah. that's, that's the only way we can help because we won't get fired. We just lose money, which is also really bad, you know? It, it absolutely is the um the, the the part on the emotions is is interesting that uh because you, you were mentioning mentioning how people get like upset with their emotions or like why why do i have fomo or and they get like angry with themselves and um i think you refer to it as like negative hypnosis right it's like sometimes if you fight the emotion it's like you're feeding it even more right and it's like you almost have to learn how to uh accept it um, yes. live with it or maybe you could put it in in your own words how you how you think someone handles um an issue like that well as i said for example fear we use the wrong language you say i don't want to be scared i don't want this first of all if you say don't usually it's going to happen 
So what do you want to do? You want to understand that fear is actually there to protect you. Mm. Because fear is going to protect you from dying. And in this case, it's protecting you from losing money. So you can make fear your friend, but you have to literally like talk to it and analyze like, why am I scared? What am I worried about? Because sometimes people are so worried, they will not even take a trade. And then you have to dig deeper. Like, what? why am I so scared? Why I don't trust myself? I researched this stock. You know, maybe it's because you are not, we don't like to lose. People are really doing poorly when they're losing. You know, we have to always be winning. And that's a wrong attitude in market because you're going to be wrong 40, 50% of time anyways. Like as traders are, right? Statistically, it's, it's common to be wrong. It's just about cutting your losses quickly. Yep. You know, so that's what I tell people. Just make the fear your friend. Fear of missing out is unhealthy. You don't want to make fear of missing out your friend too much. But, you know, it's like how to work with it. If you feel you have FOMO, you know, just write down why you have FOMO. What do you think? Like we think it's the last trade on the planet we can take. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no more trades ever. Market is closed forever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so yeah, it's no. rational. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's that's awesome. It, it definitely seems like your prior experience to trading, uh, just just the grasp of psychology, it it, it does, right? Doesn't it? It makes trading, um, yeah. I mean, it makes it a lot easier if you just uh, understand these concepts. Um, it's because that's probably most traders' downfall. I, I would probably, yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, maybe not for some. Maybe it's a, it's a, a you know tactical, strategical error. Um, do you, do you see any uh, parallels um, uh, between, you know, um, relationship counseling or, or things you learn there um, and, you know, maybe, you know, the psychology like in the markets? Yeah, well, you know, the sad part is that always made me sad when people had issues with in marriage or with relationships or anything um, from life they would think it's going to fix overnight. And in one seating, they wanted me to do magic. And the same is with trading. Most traders don't even know about psychology of trading. They don't even think that's the problem. You know, a lot of men, for fact, don't even understand they have emotions because men are raised, sadly, in, in modern cultures to not have any emotions. You know, they don't even know how to feel emotions. So when you come with the topic of trading psychology, most people are like, what? This is so boring. This is unsexy. I don't want to learn. I just want to make money quickly. But if you don't master that base, you will not make money quickly. You will lose them quickly. Mm-hmm. And what I learned from the, the, the psychology of humans in, in both of those industries is that if you have a problem in trading or life, you have to start within. The problem is inside of you. You need to start working on yourself. If it's in marriage as well, each each of the couple has something they need to fix first and then they can work on them together. You know, and the same with trading. If there is a problem, it's just important to identify a problem. Sure, you can go to a coach and pay $300, $400, $500 an hour. I used to pay $500 an hour for trading coaching easily. You know, I spent $20,000, $30,000 on my trading education. Like it was, it is expensive. It was worth it, but a lot of people spend this money and they still don't make money, you know? So, yeah, so you can go to a coach and learn, or you can just sit down and really spend the time when you take a trade, take a little trade with small amount and write down, like, why you feel this way. You know, is that the fear of existential fear? Do you need money? Or is it you want to prove your wife or husband that you make money, that you're worth it? Is it your ego? You know, there's so many answers to this. It's just like FOMO, fear of missing out is an umbrella. 
you know, name for a fear. But why is it actually happening? Why do we have FOMO? Why do we think this is the last time I can do something, you know? And then once you get to the bottom, the same in, in, in psychotherapy, it's the same thing. You have to, you know, I'm jealous. Why am I jealous? Jealousy stands from fear. Fear of what? Losing someone or being humiliated? You know, so the same concept applies to trading psychology. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fascinating. I, I could I could talk about this all day. I I, I love it. It's such a powerful concept. Uh, looking in, right? It's never external. The problems are never external. It's yeah. always it's always looking within. And I always try and remind myself that it's like no, like look within, look within, look within. It's not it's not on the outside. Uh, yeah, very and very. The humans, you know, we tend to look at the superficial things first. You know, mm-hmm. oh, what happened? Yeah, having a little issue with your camera. It says, uh, change your charge battery. What? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh Uh-oh, hopefully we don't lose you. Oh, no. You can't. One second. I'm so sorry. That's all right. No. (gasps) No worries. All right. All right. We're back here. Sorry. We had uh, a little technical difficulties. No, it's again. Oh, no, again. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Okay, well, this is not okay because it's. Hold on. All right, and I, now I think we're back for a third time, um, back from the technical difficulties. But we're going to jump into the miscellaneous questions here. Leah, how did how did you re- get to ring the bell at the New York Stock Exchange? How, how did you pull that off? Oh well, I wasn't ringing the bell for per se. I was there for the open, and I was oh. there talking with the traders, and I was um, just like exploring the whole place, talking to market makers. I got invited by the Einstein of Wall Street, who is a really, really interesting person who's been trader there for 37 years. Peter Tuckman, he's amazing. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah he, he invited me to go. And, um, you know, I saw, um, I, I learned a lot about how they trade actually and um, how they do their orders. Um, you know, I tried, uh, tried out Bloomberg Terminal, which I wish I could get for my house. That would be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Maybe one day. And uh, yeah, I loved it. It was peaceful. It was wonderful. Awesome. Just the energy there was nice. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You, uh, how long did you used to live in New York City, right? For how long? I used to live in New York for seven and a half years. I went to my undergrad and grad school there. I had my practice there and I loved the city, but I left in COVID. It was just too much for me. Mm hmm. Yeah, I miss New York, but I miss the old New York, not the New York that's now. I feel like the city changed so much. Yeah, you want to just give us like maybe like one or two things you think that's changed? You know, of course, the crime went up like 300%. I don't feel safe. Like New York was one of the cities where I would walk in the middle of the night alone and I would not be scared. I had Mm -hmm. no problems to go home at midnight or 1 a.m. from dinner or drinks and just take a walk. It's impossible now and it just gets very unsafe, I think. And um, a lot of the great people that I knew left. There is a new crowd in the city that came from, um, I don't know where, from different cities. So it brought like, it's, it's you know, it's, they love it because they don't know the old New York. But for mm-hmm. me, the chic, classic New York that I used to love, it's just not there right now. And it's been now three years. I I have a place in New York that I spent about three months a year there. I I rent a place in New York. I still go there because I have a lot of friends in New York. And the networking for finance and trading is the best in the country, in my opinion. So I love it. But I'm in Florida. I'm a Florida girl. And I've been in Florida since 2008. I always had Florida as my second home. But I made New York my first home for seven years back then. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, big, yeah. Big shout out to Florida. Um, yeah, the the the, um, the synergy between New York and Florida um, is, uh, you know, you got a lot of people like yourself. I remember when I first moved to Florida, it's everyone I was meeting was from New York. Um, so that's interesting. So what? So you're you're in Miami now? Yes, I'm in Miami Beach, and yeah. as I said, like I moved here in 2008 from Germany. I love Miami Beach. I love I love it so much. I love Palm Beach as well. Are you you are in Florida or Ray? Or? Yeah, yeah. I'm in I'm in the Palm Beach area. Yeah. You're in Palm Beach. Yeah, I love Palm mm. Beach. I love it up there. I go to Palm Beach and Wellington maybe once a month. I go to ride horses when they don't drop me on the on the ground like last time. <laughs> oh, okay. You ride horses. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Maybe you should take Ray horseback riding and we could get a video. I should take him. Yeah. I have a friend. She has a horse farm up in Wellington Uh, and uh, she has 13 horses and we play polo sometimes too. It's Hey, there we go. There we go. Oh my God. That's the worst. (laughs) There you go, Ray. You're right. We're about to have, we're about to have on Linda Rashke on and uh, she's in Wellington. Um, she does all the horses. Listen, Lee. Oh, there's there's the cam. The camera's back. Uh, the only the only thing I know about horses, I know betting on horses. I I've never ri- ri- rode a horse in my life. Um, I'm actually, I'm gonna go to the Florida Derby this weekend. Um, oh, nice. At Gulfstream Park. Park. At, uh, Gulfstream Park in Hollandale Beach. Yeah. Oh, Hollandale. it's right here. Yeah. 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 So that, that's fun. I, I love going to the track there. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, I go to the polo club in Palm Beach, the International Polo Club. That's really, really nice. I went there for the closing of the season and uh, the, the matches like once, twice a year. And then there is a party. So, yeah, it's an interesting scene. I love Palm Beach. And I think maybe in 10, 15, 20 years, I will move there. Mm-hmm. But for now, Miami works. Yeah. 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 Uh, Florida's awesome. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Florida. Uh, you're, you're a published author leah um how many books or just you want to just tell us a little bit about some of the books you're in i published one book um officially like a real book and then i have two ebooks um yeah and now i'm actually updating the second ebook on trading psychology that i have for free on uh, on my twitter mm-hmm. and i'm updating it with much more content so it's a work in progress but people can download it and as i said like i wrote uh, again as much as it's already there i just wrote and finished last week so mm-hmm. yeah it's on trading psychology and the the book that i actually wrote in covid was on uh, casual hookups it's funny but it was like my <laughs> my, my covid project <laughs> uh-huh. okay. and uh, that was called hookup without heartbreak it was for uh, <laughs> women mainly but guys love it actually guys buy it more than women for some reason um, it's just yeah, to, to, to help people have more fun without all the overthinking. And that again, overthinking is around sexuality and relationships and trading. So, you know, that's, uh, that's something I always teach people how to not overthink because once you start overthinking means you can't control your thinking. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what's going to be killing you in trading and relationships and sexuality because women overthink everything around sexuality. And then it takes the enjoyment away, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I wrote the book yeah, for 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 girls to have fun and for guys to understand why women think certain ways around sexuality to sure, kind of sure. understand, yeah. And that's probably that's probably why uh, men are the you know bigger buyers of the book, I'd imagine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they love it. They want to understand what women think about, I guess, why why they act certain ways. And I did a lot of, it's based on like 100 research studies, that book. Like I literally spent 
six, seven months just reading research studies because I wanted to know if women have different brain than men, like why they act differently around sexuality than men. I was super curious. And from my own curiosity, I was researching and then I decided to write about it because I wanted people to know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to spoil the book or anything, but you got me curious now. What what was the conclusion you, you okay, if you want to share? I don't want to ruin the book, but so women's brain is same like male. It's not like the brain. It's more the, the hormones, the neuroscience around sexuality. And then, of course, the upbringing. Because women are raised differently than men and we are under the pressure and we have to get it out of our head. And that's why I think also financial stability and independence will help women to enjoy sexuality more because a lot of times women want to be good girls. But women are same way once desire sex as men. Mm-hmm. There's no difference in, in sexuality in that sense. But women are stopping themselves from enjoying sex because they are worried that guys are not going to want them. And that's again like this outdated, I have to be a good girl so guys want me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the fear. And why is the fear? Because women are raised to marry well and marry a guy who has some money. You know, it's just how we were raised, especially in, in U.S. and, uh, you know, even in Eastern Europe. So imagine women would be able to make money and they can just choose a guy that they really love and have great sex with. Mm-hmm. It would be a much better world, I think. What they're really into because a lot of marriages happen because of a transaction. And you can still see it even today. Like, it's still very common. So I tell all the sugar that sugar babies in Florida, <laughs> instead of trying guys buying you Chanel bags for six, yeah. seven thousand dollars, they spend the money on dividend stocks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seriously, then you have your dividend portfolio as a sugar daddy. There you know, you go. Like, now we're talking. Yep. It's funny, but like. Yeah, I could, I could actually see you doing a class. This could be like one of those comedy films where you're teaching, <laughs> you know, the, these sugar babies to trade, you know, trading school for sugar baby. I think that's totally. a good idea. Yeah, there you go. It is a good idea. How many Chanel bags do you need? Seriously. Uh, you know, like... having, having you know, in, in my lifetime purchased that stuff uh, for ladies, it, yeah, it, yeah, why not, you know? <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's nice to to have presents. I love presents. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the Chanel bag, but I rather buy dividend stocks. <laughs> exactly. Nothing. I think I think women should be empowered with that. I mean, yeah, I, I I completely agree. I mean, you know, my mother had three degrees, and my girlfriend has wow. like three or four. So, wow, you know, amazing! Yeah, she, you yeah, love she, smart women. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I do. That's yeah, good. yeah. My my girlfriend is is scary smart you know she's an md phd so i'm, I'm just wow I'm just, amazing i'm just a dumb bid hitter so those are dangerous <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> yeah but look it's beautiful to have smart women at home you know like i Definitely. appreciate women they learn and even if they're mothers and they're housewives it's okay but they at least learn something they grew like they do something you know what i mean like i am not judgmental towards women they have children and stay home or like do charitable work, but I love when women do something and when they are not just trying to rely on a guy. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't think that's a good dynamic in the relationship, to be honest with you. So yeah, anyways, it's my sugar daddy and sugar baby uh, trading class. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's a, hey, with good, you know, multiple revenue streams are a good thing. You yeah. Know? So you can yeah, start a school. Yeah, and, and Ray would be one. Ray would be happy to be one of the instructors if there's a bunch of pretty girls there. 
I yeah, think right. Ray, I think Ray would be right there. And he's well, you, the Ray can just go to a yoga class. I guess that's the same. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, ladies, t- turn your Birkin bags into uh, into dividends. Exactly. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Although uh, those bags went up like hundred percent in COVID, so it's still pretty good investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I suppose so, huh? Yeah. yeah. I suppose so. Wow, wow. I wanted wow. to buy one and I missed the boat. I'm like, I'm not paying twenty grand for a bag. That's too much. It's like a car. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, that. Well, that's. Well, you know, I, I, I like. I like how trading either, you know, and for me, I started thinking like when I really started playing poker, um, I started seeing like the world differently, right? Like when when you start, you know, and I think you could say the same thing for like trading and investing, right? Like when you, you start looking at things and probabilities and it's like you mentioned with the Birkin bag, right? It's like, oh, well, it, you can look at a bag as an investment. You can look at certain things, you know, like now I look at cars like it's a terrible investment right like it just doesn't (laughs) you know you just look at things a little bit different um and so i i think you know and i've always been a proponent of that like trading or like poker or just like uh you know talk like learning game theory can have you approach life in a probably more strategic manner that's going to benefit your quality of life i guess you could say yeah absolutely and that's how i look at i always had very good relationship with numbers and i Thankfully, my parents, my mom led me to be very fashionable and chic and clean and like study. And my dad always led me really well with the money. So it was the nice balance at home. So I'm not like a cheap person. I also like to spend, but on spend on quality over quantity things that are important. Of yeah. course, if you want to get somewhere in life, you, you should also be presentable, you know, but my dad really taught me to save money and, and be good with that. So I'm thankful to my parents a lot for who I am. And since I was very, very little, I think I was saving money. And I was, um, you know, it's just in Europe, you don't have the stock market. You don't know anything about this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about stock market and investing until 2013. Wow. You know what I mean? For us it was to put money in the bank and leave the money in the bank and then buy a house with no mortgage and stuff like that. So there was where a lot you, I learned. I'm sorry. Where did you, where did you grow up? Slovakia. So back oh, cool. to Czechoslovakia, a communist country. And uh, thankfully, when I was uh, very little, we, 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 you know, we had the wall. Um, the, the communism was gone and the demonstrations yes. in Berlin and everywhere. So I don't remember it, but uh, thanks, thankfully it happened. And um, yeah, but still, I mean, imagine people just really like saving money in the bank was all they did. And then there is the stock market. So this gives like Western countries huge advantage over Eastern countries back then. And we are really behind with this. Yeah, but I'm happy. And now I'm look, <laughs> I'm catching up on the last time. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. Excellent. Uh, Leah, uh, game theory is um, a favorite topic of mine. Um, I learned game theory through practice um though and and then you know a little study afterwards but um i'm curious like you learned game theory in like school right like that was a like a course or can you just tell me a little bit how um you learned game theory or like how they teach it in like college that that's i'm I'm just interested from that perspective you know i was learning about it more in my uh master's because i went uh, i studied negotiation so of course when you negotiate you have to be super strategic sure that's when it got it got mentioned more around that time, and yeah, that was that was in masters. I, I don't think you learned this in undergrad, to be honest with you. Okay. At all, like I, it wasn't mentioned in my undergrad. It wasn't mentioned in in high school at all. None of that. 
Right. But just like the game of probability and, and all the stuff I had. And then I took um, statistics as well, where I was learning about probability in my undergrad. It was the only thing. Mm-hmm. But it's highly applicable in trading, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like nothing is 100%. That's what we need to always know, because sometimes you post something on Twitter and people come and say, oh, you said this. I mean, it's probability. It was a highly probable trade, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right? Nothing is 100%. Nothing. Yep. Yeah, at any one time, somebody can drop a million contracts into a market. You know, oh, where? Right, right at now? Any, at, at, at any one time, you can take oh. a million shares. <laughs> I, I can take right a million. Yeah, you know, right right yeah. <laughs> Look at somebody. Yeah, you're ready. I was already opening you know? my option chain. Yeah, no, you're right. Exactly. It's unexpected things happen. You know, yeah, somebody, and, somebody and comes along with a block and, and trying to find the bid and look out yeah. below. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, that goes that goes to the to the human psychology, right? Like, I I feel like most people uh, see things like black or white, right? And so, like coming into trading, it's hard. Like the brain is just not like wired to think in probabilities. I I don't believe so, at least. Um, And yeah, it's it's a huge realization, right? Like, and like nothing to this day like surprises me, you know, because it's all in the it's all in the the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Probabilities. Yeah. But people, as you said, people love to take everything as given because it gives them security and they feel safe, like they can hold on to something. And if it doesn't work out, then people tend to blame others for the failure. Mm-hmm. You told, you said that, you know, it's just like really hard <laughs> to deal yeah. with humans oftentimes. But yeah. yeah, that's what we need to remember when we trade. You know, it is yeah. possible that it's going to go, but it's not 100%. Right. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we'll wrap it up here shortly, Leah. Okay. Just, just one or one or two more questions. Um, what's a favorite place of yours to travel to? So I went to fifty six countries and wow. in thirty five states in the U.S. And right now, my favorite country two: Japan and South Africa. For now, but I every year have a new one. So. <laughs> I just came from South Africa and I was absolutely fascinated. I was like, I want to buy a house here. Really? <laughs> to that point, yes. yes. The the people, I think that's the most common answer I've gotten on the podcast and just like people I talk to like in real life. Uh, Japan, Tokyo, I get, I get all the time. Yeah. Um, what, what, what is it? What is it about it over there? Well, I, I went all over to uh, the, the, the islands. I went to Tokyo, took the train down to Kyoto, stayed in Isuzu Peninsula. I went to the oldest ryokan that, that is out there. Like it's been hundreds of years old. It was absolutely fascinating. I love Japan because it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely new world to me. And it's very organized and very clean. So it reminds me of a Germany with like a beautiful design because Germany is very organized, but it's also a little bit cold and industrial, the the, the, the architecture and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in Japan, it's beautiful. And you have all the temples in Kyoto. You have the food is just excellent. You know, I enjoy the country. The nature is beautiful. And, you know, it's a little bit reserved. You know, they, they are a little bit restricted. It's a collective culture. Sure. So it's not like here, individual culture. So people tend to be a little depressed and um, and drink a lot. But I just loved, I think it's the design and the history and all that um, was speaking to me a lot. Yeah, I would love to actually go in 2025. I'm going to go to Japan for three months. 
um, because I'm going to the World Expo and that I can suggest to everyone to experience at least once in a lifetime. I went to Dubai last year for the World Expo. It was absolutely amazing experience. I'm not sure if you guys know that, but it's like uh, the World Link Fair. Yeah, I was at the one in 86 in Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm going to go to every one of them from now on because it was yeah. one of the most amazing experiences I had in my life traveling after like Burning Man. I went to Burning Man Festival 10 times. That was oh, awesome. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to hear about that. I'm old so that. Yeah, you know, it was really yeah, fun. I need, to, I need to know what that, that's all about. Yeah. Really <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun, good. guys. You're really nice. I could talk to you forever. It's just really sweet. Yes. Yes. I appreciate yeah, your time, Lee. And so that's going to conclude today's episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it for us. If you'd like to join a supportive and professional community of traders, you can join us at microefutures.com. Leah, let the listeners know where they can find you and anything else you'd like them to know. Yeah, I'm I'm really active mostly on Twitter, Leah the Trader. And I just started a YouTube channel. So yes, please help me grow it. It's also Leah the Trader and Instagram Leah the Trader. So these are pretty much the three three uh, places where I'm active. All right. Excellent. Excellent, guys. Go out there. Uh, go subscribe. Go support Leah. Leah, appreciate your time. So for Leah, I'm Paulie Walnuts. He's the gorilla of House Street. You stop, so. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good day.